welcome to The Breakdown, your short, sweet, and digestible guide to public policy issues facing the country today. I'm your host, Brian Phillips, with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. For more information on today's topic and just about any issue that you might read, tweet, post, or hear about, check us out online at texaspolicy.com. Today, we're going to break down an issue that is near and dear to the heart of every homeowner in Texas, and that is property taxes. Specifically, we're going to get into exactly what the hell is going on in Texas, why our property taxes are so high and getting out of control, and yes, what you, yes, you can do about it yourself. To help us break down today is James Quintero, who's the policy director at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. James has been working on issues like government transparency and accountability at the state and local level for, I think, just short of 100 years now. He's been (laughs) been around uh, looking into these local and state budgets so that you don't have to. Welcome, James. Brian, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to be among friends. Uh, so first off, why on earth would you even put yourself through that kind of torture in bean counting city and state budgets? Why do you do that to yourself? Well, I'm a glutton for punishment. What can I say? Uh, y- you know, I tend to uh, I tend to dwell in the local public finance sphere most because it tends to have the greatest impact on the individual, at least in, in, in my view. Right when you when you look at the local level, be it either your city, your county, your school district, uh, or all of them combined, you know you tend to see most of the problems within that tranche of government. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But um, you know your your tax situation is most broken at the local level. Your local debt picture is the bleakest. Um, you know, your, your spending is really out of control locally. Uh, and so that's, that's why I tend to spend most of my time, um, in that particular area, because that's where the biggest mess is. Right. It's, and it's sort of ironic, really, that all the attention gets paid to the national level. Maybe it's just because of, you know, cable news or national radio, or uh, maybe they just, people think those are the really sexy issues, you know, talking about the economy or, um, you know, Ukraine or foreign policy or something. Uh, but really, the, the policy that has the most effect, particularly if it's broken, uh, is at the local level, no? Yeah, that's right. The The level of government that will touch your life every day is the local government level. And that's, at least here in Texas, that's where we tend to see things, um, I would say, going in the poorest direction, um, which is why I'm so glad to work for an organization like the Texas Public Policy Foundation, because not only are we willing to Uh, stand for our principles uh, against state and federal overreach, but also local government overreach. Um, You know, we're very active in the local level and we're not shy about sharing our opinions about how things ought to be done. Right. And one of the one of the opinions that everybody has or everybody seems to have a very strong opinion on is, of course, our topic today, which is property taxes. Um, And of course, everybody pays them. We need to say that right up front with everybody. Even if you rent your home or you rent an apartment, all of your those property taxes go into the cost of your rent. So everybody pays them. Uh, At at TPPF, we do surveys, we do uh, polling and consistently um, across our polls, uh, 70 to 75 percent of Texans say that uh, property taxes are a real burden for them. 
Um, but but it seems like right now in particular, maybe just because is it tax time? I'm not sure, but it just seems like more and more people are are really pushing uh, for the state of Texas to do something on taxes. Why do you think this has come to the forefront as a major issue right now, when, even though it's been an issue uh, in people's lives for you know for a decade or more? Yeah, property taxes are big on everyone's mind right now, and I partially attribute that to the fact that you know notices of appraised value just went out, so people are getting a sense of what what government thinks their home or business is worth. Um, you also have a couple of constitutional amendments up for a vote here soon, um, which have property tax implications. So um, th- there's a lot out in the news right now about property taxes, and of course, coming shortly. Uh, local governments will begin entering budget season and talking about the tax rates that they're likely to adopt, what their budgets look like, which of course has big property tax implications also. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's on people's mind at the moment. Um, I think it's, it's probably on their mind a little bit more than usual, though, in years past, because, of course, these cycles happen every year. Um, and, right. So that's what I want to get into. I mean, is that is, is do you think it's more because something different is happening? Is it is it that much more for people uh, to have to pay or is it just something that, you know, it, because it's been there for so long and the state legislature hasn't done that much about it, or at least the, the local governments keep getting around what the legislature is trying to do? Do you think it's become more acute? Is something different now? Yeah, I think the I think the problem is beginning to spiral out of control, um, and you know there's a lot of reasons why that situation has evolved. But the fact is that property taxes are huge and they're growing fast. And we've got a lot of research here at the foundation to substantiate that. Let me just give you one data point though that kind of puts a a, a number to to the statement. You know, the Travis County Budget Office every year puts out their budget and they show what the average Travis County homeowner pays in the way of taxes to all their various jurisdiction. That number is approaching $9,300 this year. Hmm. That is a massive number. That means people are paying almost $1,000 every single month just for local government services. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I get $1,000 of value every month from my local governments. In fact, I, I think that number is is far in excess of what it should be. Mm-hmm. Worse, it's growing. So just over the last, so from 2015 to 2022, that number, that tax burden effectively doubled, right? And so we see that there's lots of upward pressure on the property tax. It's making it hard for people to afford the basics. Of course, we already have the cost of living increasing at a rapid rate anyway. So, you know, as those costs go up, we also have the cost of government and it's just, it's making life hard. So I want to get into whether or not we're getting, you know, bang for our buck in a minute um, because there's a, there's a critique of this uh, that I want to get your opinion on. But first, can you explain, just kind of break down for us, why are property taxes so high? I mean, what they're not on autopilot. I mean, these are, you know, the state legislature, we've got local governments that are doing things that are creating uh, this, this upward pressure that you're talking about. Can you explain for us what exactly is going on? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it comes down to a simple point. Lo- local governments love to spend other people's money. Um, and that fact is, is reflected not only in the elevated property tax rates that we see all around the state, but also in things like local debt. You know, we have the, the third highest local debt per capita among the top 10 megastates. 
Um, only New York and California carry a greater debt burden than we do. That's not that's not a um, a cohort we want to be affiliated with. But getting back to the property tax issue, you know, one of the things that oftentimes gets overlooked is your local governments have the discretion to adopt lower tax rates. They don't need direction from the legislature to to lower those rates, but yet they haven't. Or in the cases that they have, it's only very minimal decreases that we're seeing. And, And what that tells me is that there is a, a progressive mindset that really pervades the local government level. They, they, they really do um, have a tax and spend mentality at, at the local level that, you know, one, one of the consequences of that is, is uh, higher tax rates than they otherwise should be. So what we, need, what we need every Texan to do right now as they're battling through their valuations and protesting their taxes is is also keep in mind that once that process concludes, you need to take the next step and talk to your local elected officials and tell them to radically reduce the tax rate. And you know what? If they want to do one better, adopt the no new revenue tax rate, which will effectively give taxpayers a timeout. You know, um, expecting local politicians to reduce tax rates or to lower taxes, um, I think is, um, you know, sometimes maybe uh, unexpected or or folks don't think that they'll ever get something like that through. So how do you, I mean, how would you go about, I mean, you're just talking about calling, you know, your local government offices and say, reduce the rate or or something more official? Yeah, absolutely. Every... uh Every property owner in the state of Texas ought to be reaching out to their city hall, their school board, their county commissioner court, and any of the special districts that touch them and let them know, let those local elected officials know that now is the time to dramatically reduce the tax rate for the next fiscal year. For most so, of these for most of these jurisdictions, that fiscal year begins October 1, and the process leading up to October 1, uh, by which they they adopt the tax rates usually occurs in the fall. So you know, folks got to get uh, get on their horses and go here pretty quick. So now's the time. Well, you know, absent um, the uh, the local governments out of the goodness of their heart lowering taxes on their own, um, there are plans out there. There are ideas and solutions on ways that we can lower uh, property taxes. Of course, we at the Texas Public Policy Foundation have a public policy solution, a uh, long term solution, solution actually that would that would gradually or that would you know effectively um, start lowering property taxes, um, you know, soon. Can you take us through the details of that plan? And I know it's, it, it is, it is, you know, it can, we, it can get in the weeds, but, but try to take us through it, uh, uh, generally, uh, and give us the fine points. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to. So, you know, we have a lot of ideas about how to reform the property tax. Uh, you know, some of them small, some of them big. I think one of the best that I really like is this idea of using surplus state funds to buy down the local property tax. And, and what I mean is that, you know, when the legislature convenes in January 23, they're going to have a lot of extra money on hand uh, that is above the spending limit that was put, put in place last session. And with this extra money, what we're hoping to do is direct at least 90% of that back down to the local level, specifically to the school district maintenance and operations tax. 
and put downward pressure on that tax. And what that does is that provides everyone in Texas with immediate tax relief. That puts us on the path to ending recapture. And it also it constitutes a responsible use of surplus money. We're giving people their money back instead of growing government with it. So the idea would be then, um, so we, we collect more in taxes than we spend generally in Texas. So we do have a surplus. We have a rainy day fund. We have a surplus. So the idea then would be cut people's property taxes, but you replace that revenue with the surplus money. Is that right? Yeah. So here's the trick, right? So we're expected to have a $15 billion surplus walking in, right? Now you couple that with the 12 to $13 billion in economic stabilization fund, which is basically the state's rainy day fund. And now you're starting to talk big bucks here, right? Right. Also, in addition to that, one of the points made by a House chairman last session was the fact that school districts are sitting on a gold mine. So back during the 2021 session, Chairman Dan Huberty, who is the who was the chair of House Education, said that uh, school districts have about twenty one point five billion dollars in their fund balances statewide. Now, so basically, they have a lot of money sitting in reserve. Now, some mm-hmm. of that is required to be held back by the Texas Education Agency, but a lot of that is effectively slush fund money. So I think between these three huge pots of money, we can actually give taxpayers a rather significant uh, measure of tax relief and make everybody's life just a little bit easier. There we go. That's a slogan. We'll make bummer sick as it say, give us back the slush fund. Um, <laughs> so, okay. But then, but the criticism is if you cut property taxes, you're going to cut local services, right? I mean, it's number one, it's crazy that we have all this money just sitting in these funds for then people to come out and say, oh, well, we're going to have to cut services. But that's always what they say, right? Like, oh, you know, if we cut our revenue, then we'll have to find, you know, where are we going to get money for schools and roads and, and, and public safety and all of that? What's your, what's your response to folks who say, well, you know, if you cut property taxes, we're going to have to cut services? Well, great question. So, you know, the, the first thing I'd mention is that local governments have never been richer because of all of the COVID relief money um, and all of the and the, the economy really outperforming expectations. Revenues at the local level are really robust. So, um, you know, even if they did suffer some measure of reduction, um, I, I have zero doubt that it, it would lead to anything bad. Um, the, the other thing, though, is what the plan that TPPF is proposing would not reduce school funding whatsoever. Really, what you're doing is you're using surplus state monies to just replace money that's already uh, intended to be spent, right? And so it, it's, it's really putting surplus money to use in a responsible way without affecting services. So that, you know, that's not as complicated, I guess, as it, as it seems, but a lot of people would just say, look, James, instead of that, instead of, you know, this, you know, you're emptying one pot and filling it with another and, you know, how all that, how's all that going to work? Why don't we just eliminate property taxes overnight? I mean, we don't have a, we don't have a income tax in Texas. You know, we, why can't we just, you know, repeal the property tax and go to something more like a consumption tax or a larger sales tax, uh, like other states have, Tennessee, other places like that, uh, that rely, you know, and fund their state governments on sales 
taxes? Why can't we just, you know, with a stroke of a pen, eliminate the property tax, go to a sales tax? So for a long time, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has actually been a proponent of moving towards a system in which there is no property tax. And that, that's our end goal. Um, unfortunately, the legislature just isn't there yet. And so what we've done in the interim is develop kind of this incremental step towards that ultimate goal. And it really begins by eliminating a portion, the, the biggest portion of your, of your tax bill, which is the school district's maintenance and operations tax. Um, and once we kind of have dealt with that with an incremental measure, then I think we can start talking about what other property taxes we might be able to eliminate down the road. So it's the, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time is what you're saying. Exactly. So the last thing um, that I want to talk about, because this always comes up and we see this all the time, particularly with local governments, where they say, uh, you know, we didn't raise your taxes. Taxes are exactly the same. What they're talking about is the tax rates. But yet everybody's paying more because, of course, the appraisal goes up. So the amount that they're being taxed on uh, goes up. So does does appraisal reform have to go hand in hand with property tax reform? You know, I think there are a lot of I, I think the system as a whole needs a lot of change um, where we've chosen to put our muscle is on the rates and revenue portion and, and it's specifically the revenue portion within that. And that's because really, if you can get a if you can get control of how much money government is taking in and then spending, then really kind of the other pieces fall into place naturally. Um, and so that's that's one of the reasons we were big proponents of Senate Bill 2 back in 2019, which um, re, redid the uh, rollback rate, which is now the voter approval tax rate, moved it down from 8% to 3.5% and installed an automatic voter approval requirement. So, you know, we, we I think we have a stronger grasp on the growth of government revenues or at least property tax revenues. Um, but there's still a lot of change that, that that's needed. Um, and we're going to be working hard on that in 23. So. So one more time for the people in the back. I know you. I know you mentioned it earlier, but run through the. You know, we promised that that we're going to give people actionable items. You know, things that they can do uh, right now to uh, to help lower their property taxes. Run through that one more time uh, for our audience. Yeah. So there's three things that everybody ought to be doing right now. The first thing is checking with your appraisal district to make sure you have a homestead exemption in place. Um, that's going to grant you um, not only a little bit of tax relief but also some important protections because there's a 10% valuation limit that comes along with it. So, you know, as you start seeing your, your market value increase at astronomical rates, um, you know, what this, what the homestead exemption does is, is place a 10% cap on, on what you can be taxed at. And so that's a really important measure that, that everybody needs to make sure they have this uh, on their primary residence. That is. Uh, the second thing is to protest your tax values. Um, you know, this is something that not everybody does, but hopefully more people are going to do, especially with notices of appraised value coming out with really uh, exaggerated levels. Um, 
So protest your tax values. It's, it, in fact, uh, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has some information online for those who are interested in learning how to do it and how to navigate the process. I encourage everybody to go to texaspolicy.com and check it out. And then the third thing is to talk to your local elected officials and make sure that those officials know that they need to radically reduce their tax rates, even going so far as to adopt the no new revenue tax rates. That will give taxpayers a timeout. Now, for anybody wanting extra credit after you've accomplished those three steps, let me also encourage you to talk to your state elected officials. Let them know that tax reform and tax relief needs to be a top priority in 2023, because without it, uh, I fear that uh, Texas's economic future it might not be as bright as it otherwise could be. James, thank you so much for coming on the breakdown and breaking down property tax for us. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Brian. Always a pleasure. Uh, so that's it for this episode on property taxes. Again, if you want more information on the, anything that James has talked about today or literally anything on just about every issue uh, that we discuss in America today, uh, go to TexasPolicy.com. Thank you for listening.